This is Wrench Nation. Car talk, car culture, car tips, car music, all that is car. Wrench Nation Car Talk. Call or text your questions now. Welcome back. Uh, 2019 is the year. 2019. Welcome back, you Wrench Nation posse mechanical maniacs. Man, we missed you. Susie Q and I in the house. Every week we bring in Wrench Nation Car Talk Wednesday, 4 p.m. Right here from one of the premier automotive schools. In fact, trade schools, uh, East Valley Institute of Technology. So we thank you guys for joining with us. And, of course, Saturday morning, if you're hanging on KFNX, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Susie, welcome back, girl. Happy New Year, Frank. Happy New Year. Now, when we say Happy New Year... Is it all that happy? Are we happy to engage in a new year? Do you, I think it's choice, Frank. I think it's an ending of December. People are now broke because Christmas. <laughs> and it's a, well, it's a new year. It is a new year. And we, we'd like to think that every year is a happy year. This is true. However, I want to make an announcement before we uh, announce our, our show topic, which is very interesting. I'll have you know, this is a, a dilemma, quite frankly, happening in the automotive industry, period. Before we go on to that, Susie, you have not been in the garage the last few weeks. Two weeks. And I want to share with the audience, because you guys know us, uh, good, bad, ugly, small show, large show, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. We're family. Susie, I'm dedicating this show to your mom. Mom passed away before the holidays. Yeah, a week before Christmas. Jessie Wong, we're gonna. She's gonna be missed dearly. She was ninety three. Ninety two. She would have been ninety three this month. And you had no idea. Mom was pretty strong. She was perfectly healthy. Yeah. Well, in spirit, I'll have you know. You tuning in. We're gonna dedicate show to mom. Mom is gonna be missed, but she's with it in spirit. Absolutely, Frank. Was mom a car gal? You know what? Mom wasn't a car gal. Really? But she was a beauty queen, if you will. She was a beautiful woman. Thank you. And thank you for coming to the services, Frank. Yeah, we uh, we, we were out there. I think some of us, uh, and I know this is a car show, but we always say it's a life show as well. Some of us can, you know, get into these situations where you got to embrace today and the now the best you can, man. Right. I will say she was very proud of me, Frank. She was. She funny. never thought I'd be on the radio. She don't look no, to wait a minute. <laughs> Little clap action for the radio star, Susie Wong, Susie Sockets. Well, that is cool. Yeah, it is cool. So I'm glad that she was alive to. Did she to get to hear life. you do the show? She did. Yeah, Man, she used to listen cool. on KFNX. Yeah. Well, rock on, uh, Miss Jessie Wong. In spirit, always we dedicate uh, what is our show number one thirty six. Uh, in spirit, we'll always remember your smile. Your fashionista way. Yes. This I learned at the at the funeral. I didn't have a chance to to meet mom. I was really disappointed. But during that memorial service, boy, a timeline very special. She was a grocer for forty years. Forty here plus in Phoenix, years, yeah. Running a grocery business, raising seven seven children. Children. So uh, again, I say, every day is a new day, man. Live every day in spirit and passion. Uh, we will now transition back into car talk mode. Uh, you know you can reach us, any of your car, to, uh, car questions, uh, 480-655-8870. We appreciate you tuning in and are so grateful, uh, all of our podcast family. Every Sunday, of course, we upload 
the podcast. So if you miss bits and pieces of the show, you know you can catch at your leisure. You can catch the show on iTunes or Google Play. Just check out Wrench Nation. This show, I, I figured we're going to just start the new year. Look, a lot, of this, a lot of stuff is happening in the industry. There's always technology evolving. There's always new things in a garage. Like if you took what we deal with in the garage today in terms of technology and you flipped it back 20 years, the 20-year-ago mechanic, he would struggle. If he came back to planet Earth out of retirement and went into it today, Susie, he would be struggling. Sure. It's a technology, for one. Well, for sure. And you listening know when you take your car in, perhaps there's a check engine light situation or, you know, even a noise. Now, the noise, which was maybe a belt at one time, you know, belts created lots of noises over the years. Ah, it's just a belt. What? So Uncle Louie would say, I'll just tighten up your belt. (laughs) No, man, not anymore. I mean, there's sophisticated sound. and I mean, these are like NASA devices that we work with to figure out noises. So my point is lots of technology. And because of that, maybe we're going to dive into this. The shortage, the critical shortage of automotive technicians, mechanics. How many of you listening right now have taken your car in to a regular mechanic that you've known for years and have heard them say, maybe the manager or the owner, oh my goodness, we lost this person or we're trying to find more help. Or you went into your favorite garage and the car was in the garage two and three days when, hey, what happened? I used to get this service and it was same day service. Or the local dealer. It's not just aftermarket independent garages. So we're diving into a critical topic. I think we can address the new year. And I think you listening can relate. Whether you're taking your car in for service. Whether my fellow garage owners that are hanging with us uh, throughout the country can relate. The critical shortage of mechanics and the future of the automotive industry. That is our show topic. If you want to call in and chime in, always 480-655-8870. Uh, We have very special guests. We are actually honored and privileged. One of the premier uh, companies, uh, corporations, a nonprofit, Tech Force Foundation, uh, works hand-in-hand with EVIT here on campus. And for that matter, throughout the country, there is Scottsdale Base. We have the CEO, Jennifer Maher, with Tech Force Foundation, stopping by, along with one of the premier automotive instructors, Cody Metcalf. Uh, He's an automotive instructor as well as a technician. We are going to ask those questions. What happened to our industry? Why are we here today? Why is it a struggle for both the consumer and the service provider? What do we need to get right for the future? How do we go from a now hiring to a now mentoring for those of you that are managing automotive technicians? Moms and dads, you're listening. I know you're listening quietly. Do you think the automotive industry is just not where you want your son or daughter to be? We want to hear from you and why. 480-655-8870. We do have some news to cover.
Now, everything you got out there is all full of uh, technology. We know this. I mean, uh, I looked at a blender. I was going to buy a blender, and blenders have gotten expensive. They're fancy, the mechanical blenders, and, and it's got buttons, and it's got digital, and it, 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 you time it to your phone. Everything is app-based. Well, we know cars now went from ignition to the push start. Well, now, Korea, Korea's behind some automotive technology. They have Hyundai a fingerprint way of starting your car. Really? Like a biometric? Well, it's not. They're not going to. I don't think they're working the <laughs> retina, retina scans. But how would you like to start your car by way of a fingerprint, just like you start up your phone? That would be kind of cool, actually. I'm not buying it. No? I'm saying bring back the key. I like my keys. Yeah, the key is, the key is definitely um, probably one less thing to go wrong. Well, I it I must be my foolish individual way, but that little key fob that you know you open and cl- you know unlock and there's no key the push start like my Ford Explorer, I'm frantic because I lose the I lose it the keys yeah. like you don't you like it mentally you you keep them I don't know, it's maybe me but Hyundai revealed the Chinese market 2019 Chinese market now it's not here yet right uh, 2019 Santa Fe was revealed at the uh, International Automobile Exposition out in Guangzhou. I hope I got that right. Last weekend. And they will have fingerprint scanning technology to unlock and start the vehicle. There's got to be an override for mechanics, right? To, there better we don't be have something. The fingerprint. And, and who's going who's gonna to fix this uh, fingerprint scanner if it goes down? Well, all I can think about, Bree Bordop here... All I can think about is, all right, what if somebody needs to drive me home or drive my friends home? Is there like an anonymous fingerprint mode so anybody can open up my car? Because I don't want to drive drunk. Well, that's what we're saying, like a valet or an override. Like, yeah, I mean, or if you're, I got a green thumb. I like to garden on the weekends. And sometimes (laughs) what happens if that that magic. make it a red light. (laughs) That fingerprint, I'm always worried, like I'm going to, I use my hands. Sure. Well, you mechanics use your hands. Some of you don't wear gloves. What happens if I skew my fingerprint because I was gardening and yeah. it's no longer the same? And that's another data point. They're going to know exactly when you open your car, who was in it, all that. What I wonder is how is that going to be utilized in marketing later? Hyundai added the system has a 1 in 50,000 chance of failure. No. What, what's a key failure? Is a key 1 in 50,000? Yeah, or push I don't know. Button? Well, we see the push button starts sure. come in the garage and... Most of the time, it's battery-related. I mm-hmm. will say, I mean, there are uh, some other issues in the circuit that we've seen. But 1 in 50,000 chance of failure as it relies on human capacitance for clean reads of a fingerprint. That's my worry. My fingerprints are not going to be clean. I'm going to be, I need to get to the dinner. My wife, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> and I'm going to call her and say, honey, my fingerprint is skewed. And my, my Hyundai... So I don't know about, but we know it's coming. Yeah, we Susie, gotta we gotta follow that one. You're an advocate for this sort of thing. You have clean hands. I like technology. You do. You're yeah. a technology kind of guy. But not after I eat chocolate. I don't I know. Don't we'll see if it that. comes to the American market. For now, uh, the Chinese are all over that. And uh, Hyundai Santa Fe in 2019, the year of the fingerprint start. Of your vehicle. Susie, what's happening in your world of uh, news? Well, check this out, Frank. What has 2,000 horsepower and is street legal? Hmm. Well, 
Some of you driving right now think you got 2,000 horsepower. <laughs> now, I got to say something, and I don't, uh, well, yeah, I'm interrupting you. It's probably not good. Sorry. But I have a question. What's that? Some of our listeners feel like they have 2,000 horsepower, and they have a loud muffler. Right. Or a tip on their exhaust. They feel like they've got 2,000 horsepower. Is this exhaust related? No. Well, I don't know. It's, it's, so check this out. It's it's. It's a 2008 smart car. All these smart cars. We're getting smart. Now what are we stupid? Are as human beings, have we gone stupid? No, we haven't gone stupid. But a Telluride Colorado resident made a small modification to his 2008 smart car for exhaust. two. Is he getting an exhaust system? He fitted it with an after-burning jet engine. That's crazy. Wait, wait, what? That's what you got to ask yourself, right? Where is he at? He's in Colorado, but he put a GET58 jet engine. Now, what the? why do people have to play around with jet engines on their cars? Well, you know, Frank, it's still stock. It's, it still has a um, sto- stock wait, engine. Wait Listen. a minute. How do you do a stock? I mean, that's like me. Wait a minute. I got to stop you, Susie, because people are listening saying, <laughs> wait a minute. In 2019, the guy said, I'm bored. Let's put a jet engine on a stock four-stroke reciprocating motor. Go ahead. Well, like I said, it's, it still has a stock engine, okay? So it still turns the wheels for normal and everyday use. A jet engine is going to be blowing wheels off the axles. Are you kidding me? Well, <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just, I found it, Frank. And, and you can actually look at Barcroft Cars via YouTube to find ah! this. But he literally took a Huey helicopter and can generate approximately 14,000 pounds of thrust. Oh, wait a minute. You said Huey Hell Is this a Vietnam vet? I don't know, Frank. What is going on but over here? But how fast can this car go? 220 miles per hour. For, with a jet engine? Yes, sir. I don't know. It should be going. It should be doing the salt fields. Be doing I, a lot more with a jet engine. I say challenge it. I'm saying someone's bored. <laughs> Maybe we can interview this guy. Wouldn't that be neat? Throw a jet engine and get only 220 horse? That yes. doesn't sound right. Something wrong. You guys want to stay tuned. You know, we're talking the, the shortage of mechanics. Do you care? Do you have any idea? Maybe you understand the shortage of nurses. That's a real deal. But there is a critical shortage. We got Jennifer Maher, auto Tech Force Foundation and Cody Metcalf going to join in this conversation and see what is the future of the automotive industry. Stay tuned. Bolt-on Technologies Automotive Software Solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-on Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Well, all right. Welcome back. Happy New Year. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us, Ranch Nation. And you know, if you've got any uh, car concerns, conundrums, check engine lights, the thing smells. We had a car in the garage. Uh, it had burnt plastic on the muffler. That was a win because that's a minor thing, but it smelled really bad. Right. Know that you can call. We stop the presses to take care of you guys. We appreciate you guys hanging in. You know, one of the concerns we mentioned uh, before we broke is uh, all industries... Talent is key. You can be the greatest operator, but if your chef in the back is not talented or the garage owner is great, but the mechanic is not talented, that is a problem. I'm sure you've experienced that. Um, And Susie, before you got into the industry, you went about your consumer retail way. 
mm-hmm. did you have some experiences like where the the work was not to par because the well, ability certainly not at uh, Desert Car Care. Well, all right, there's a plug right there, <laughs> a little bubbles plug. All right. So- yeah, you know what? When I when I was before the automotive industry and I'd have to have my cars fixed. I questioned a lot of the workmanship. Yeah. I mean, this show is not really going to dive into some of the transparency ways that a garage or dealer is going to provide for trust, but certainly the shortage of qualified technicians, youngsters that are not like they were prior getting into the automotive industry. That's a show topic we want to tackle uh, for the new year, and we are excited and privileged to have Cody Metcalf, East Valley Institute of Technology. Welcome to the show, Cody. You are an automotive instructor. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Frank. Now, we, we, touched, uh, we touched upon uh, talent. Mm-hmm. You were a talent in the industry. You still are. Just a little bit. I was just, just a little, just, yeah. Just a little bit. Why don't we shake your hand? Hang well, on Come on over here, Frank. They're really shaking hands. <laughs> well, because the handshake, I'm old school. When I do an interview, I like to shake a hand. Now, why is this? As a mechanic, we just had a master technician interview. Mm-hmm. His hands felt like a mechanic's hands. How do mine now, feel, Frank? Well, you have a little, a little soft, a little buttery, like okay. automotive instructor. Oh, but yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> some of you will say, "Well, Frank, you can't interview based upon a handshake." Maybe, but Cody, speak to me regarding younger talent that's up and coming that you see day in and day out. What are the differences today than maybe when you were going to trade school? I think a lot of it now was kind of revolved around technology. A lot of it's uh, science-based. Um, STEM plays a huge part in it. And I think that we're, we're, we need to really embrace some of the newer technologies. We can't get stuck in the past. We can't get stuck in the old times. Um, but I think that we have to be able to tailor our curriculum to what students are experiencing today, you know, uh, this fast-paced world. So we have, to, we have to really tailor our curriculum to, to deal with some of those challenges and things of that nature. Yeah, I read somewhere that um, one of the sort of misconceptions with kids that are into video games and stuff, um, as parents, we were... We were like, oh, they watch video, they play video games, and they're not going to amount to anything. But the fact is, studies are showing these kids are dialed in. Their awareness, their attention to detail, that's needed in an industry that currently the 2018 Ford F-150, 100 million lines of code. you got to be able to speak that language. I can kind of speak it just a little bit. You, oh, I, you hand shook it. I'm going to listen to you now. No, <laughs> but you, I got to set it up because yeah. you're an amazing talent. I'm going to just say this well, right thanks, now. Um, you know, uh, and you were an automotive technician. Yes, I was. What inspired you to get into the classroom? So I had a unique opportunity because um, the manufacturer that I worked for, we did a partnership with programs like Evit, and I actually had a couple Evit students come and do a job shadow. And during that job shadowing time, um, I noticed how enthusiastic they were to enter into the workforce. And I know that when I first got into the industry, I had people telling me, oh, don't, don't get into the industry. It's dying. Don't do this. We talk about that all the yeah. time. You know, it's like Uncle Louie, I've got to step in and say, yeah. and, and we're going to bring Jennifer Maher in uh, from Tech Force Foundation, the CEO uh, who is, uh, we're very grateful. In fact, Jennifer, we're going to bring you in now. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. And I'm just telling the people, Jennifer drove four hours uh, t- from Snowflake? 
Well, no, from Sholo Pine Sholo. Top, Arizona. That's okay. Top, yeah. Well, welcome. It's nice and warm in the studio. It is. It's nice to be out of all the white snow. Although yeah. It was a beautiful Christmas. And, and Jennifer, I want to tie this in with Cody because this is important. Um, if we were to reflect, I'm that individual that says we, as an industry, did it to ourselves. We didn't take care of people. We took mechanics for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what you're doing, Jennifer, with Tech Force is incredible. You're inspiring a movement. Do you often hear this sentiment from whether they're independent garage owners or dealerships that say, hey, you know what, finally, we got to have a strategy in place, culture, well, education. The key word was strategy. I mean, the reality is, yes, we let as we as an industry let this happen to ourselves over the last 30, 30 years. Yeah. And we allowed a stigma, stigma to be painted and uh, not encourage the next generation to want to be our future workforce. We just didn't, you know, balk, as Mike Rowe would say, when society started painting the picture that there was only one road to success. And they told every kid that if they didn't go to a four-year university, they were not going to make it not be successful. It didn't matter who you were, didn't matter how you were wired or how you learned, didn't matter. There was only one road to success. And even Mike Rowe will hold up that poster that is a real life poster that we put in counselor's offices for years that said, you know, do you want to be this on the left, an old greasy mechanic that did not look prosperous or the college graduate? And so we did it to ourselves. And now we have this massive workforce shortage that's just getting worse every day. And yet the industry has completely changed. And so we as consumers can sit there and look at the TV and see all of these great commercials about how fast and innovative and technologically driven are these cars are. And yet our minds for our own kids are stuck in the 1950s. Like, yeah. I don't want that for my kid. Yeah. You don't want what? The fact that your kid could, you know, work the way they're wired to work. They could make a really good living and have a great lifestyle, yada, yada. So, yeah, we did it to ourselves and we know it. But in the end of the day, everybody was complaining, but nobody was doing anything about it. And it took some group to start to say, we need to craft a multi-pronged strategy because it's not going to be a silver bullet. And say, here's how we collectively have to start plugging our way out of this hole. Yeah. Cody, when yep. you when you deal with parents that come by, of course, there's parents' nights and showcase of the programs here, uh, for that matter, with many of the great technology schools across the country. What do you say to a parent that says, you know, well, I, I came by and my son or daughter is really going to get into engineering or medical, and I, I just don't see them coming to the automotive industry. What I typically, Frank, what I do is um, I kind of educate the parents. You know, for too many years, like Jennifer was mentioning, we've been treating our students and kids um, almost like these, these cookie cutters or like a snapback hat, you know, like this education is one size fits all. And, and that's not the case. Um, I, I think that as parents, you know, I'm a, I'm a dad and, um, and as an educator, you know, I really want to embrace my son's um, aptitudes or his abilities as he starts getting older and growing up. And I think that sometimes we look at education as one path and, you know, unfortunately it's that mindset that, that I'm up against and, that's probably one of the hardest challenges. So I sit them down and I run through some numbers and then I, I kind of explain to them, well, you know, if they truly, if they truly go after something that they love to do, if it is working with their hands or if it's accounting, if it's numbers, no matter what they're doing, they're going to be happy doing it. And, um, 
you know, I always refer to being a technician as a career. This is not a a dead end job that's portrayed out there all the well, time. Well, what do you what do you say? Your wife's family members mm-hmm. had said, "Well, my uncle was a mechanic, and they treated him like garbage." No way, Jose. What do you say to that? I mean, parents have a yeah. viable concern about, I, and maybe they're. I say, have you looked under in. a hood recently? Yeah, definitely. Right? I mean, Look under a hood, and you start to tell me that you don't need to have a very sophisticated brain, an ability to problem solve, an ability to be able to connect science and technology uh, and math with automotive. It yeah. is not the shade tree mechanic. It is not your fa- grandfather's garage anymore. Yeah, you almost not, have to be an engineer, Frank. I mean, well, that's network, really what network it's engineer. To. We talk about yeah, control layer networks and yep. modules communicating. The BMW that has uh, seventy some odd modules connected and and be able to communicate. But that's a viable concern. Yeah. Can you give me an example where you were able to, without mentioning names? Yeah. Take an individual and convince them. And they, I know I'm putting you on the spot. And no, it's okay. no, that's, that's great. It's live radio. It's, we love it. <laughs> um, so let's role play. Okay. Cody, uh, I admire what you're doing here, but I just don't want my son going down the path of what will be an unpaid for his talents. The hours are long, and he's got to invest in how much in tools? No, thank you. He's yeah. going to pre-med. What do you say to it? How do you handle it's It's a tough question. And Jennifer, chime in because this is real. No, we, we, I get it all the time. Um, you know, that's my son wants to do this as a hobby or something along those lines. And they really don't ask their son or daughter, you know, um, what it is that got them interested about automotive. And so I try to pry out those questions. You know, well, well, why are they interested in coming into this program and not another program? You know, what types of things maybe did they do when they were a kid? And um, again, it, sometimes it's a battle, you know, um, and you feel like you're kind of on the losing end. But I think once they get into the classroom and mom and dad see their success, see them starting to bloom out in the shops and see their um, just their 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 overall attitude and just their, you know, the way they present themselves uh, change for the better. I, I think that that really helps. And then you and I know as successful automotive technicians this is this can be a very lucrative career um we're going to talk about that Uh, you guys i want to hear from you parents i know you're listening you're hanging out in your car we're at home i want to hear from you 480-655-8870 would you beg to differ with what we're saying do you think it is not worthy of your son and daughter becoming an automotive technician a mechanic we want to hear from you. Join in the conversation. Stay tuned. We're going to dive into Tech Force Foundation, the great backing of the industry, and the movement that's taking place in education. Stay tuned. Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time. The quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me? My clients, and they're likely not to come back. Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counterfeit folks a complete line of original equipment parts that our customers deserve if you're an installer get on to partsauthority.com check locations nationally near you partsauthority.com call or text your questions now who's gonna drive you home 480-655-8870 well, all right. Welcome back. Uh, Frank here with you, Susie Sockets. And, of course, we've got uh, Jennifer Maher, Tech Force Foundation, and Cody Metcalf, awesome automotive instructor here at the East Valley Institute of Technology. Jennifer, before we broke uh, away, during the break, I should say, 
This is a room full of passionate people. <laughs> the room, I will tell you that the, the temperature is, is kind of cool up until we start. We started this show and we got some temperature readings and, and the temperature's going up. When you have passionate people coming together to discuss things, put action so it's not all talk. Jennifer, you are a woman of action. Uh, there's no doubt about it. What was the passion and drive motivating factor, I should say, for Tech Force Foundation. Why did you pioneer this whole movement? Yeah, well, I'm a mom. You're a mom. And yeah. I spent years, you know, fighting for my kids with the education system, saying, you know, you're not going to beat the heck out of them. You're not going to kill their self-esteem. Everybody's wired differently, and they all need to find their path of what, you know, really their own talents mm. and how they learn best and that is true. We are all wired differently. And yet we've done a really crappy job in our country of helping kids understand who they are. And it's not just a what do you love? You know, it's about really what what are your gifts that you just rock in when you're in that zone? And so to run an organization, to lead an organization like Tech Force, where you get to fight for young people who are problem solvers. I mean, they love puzzles. And they love touching and tactile and working oh, we, with their hands. We stop them from doing that because yeah, don't touch. Sit in your chair. Don't move. Yeah. Be quiet. Watch the board. You know, it's like, well, that's all fine for those who learn that way. Yeah. But we diss all the other kids who are our future auto techs. Yeah. And so they need to find a place. And so the you know the passion of being able to look at a massive industry in America that needs this future workforce and has jobs, and yet we're all complaining where are the jobs. You know, what are the jobs of the future? Well, these are the jobs of the future. And then we look at how do we prepare kids for it? And then we look at a third of the kids and we tell them to shut up, sit in your chair. So, I mean, it's, it's, you know, that was the passion of being able to fight for a generation of kids who, you know, want to find a great education and career that fits them. Yeah. Talk about education. Cody, mm-hmm. um, definitely we have talked about this on the show in the past. Not as it suited for every single student in high school to jump right in to a four-year degree. Tell me about some of your friends that went to trade school. Uh, what school did you go to? You, you did some BMW tech training, No, right? I did, um, well, right out of high school, I went to, to UTI. Right. And then once I graduated UTI, I worked for Toyota. And then um, I worked for Toyota for almost 11 years. And um, throughout that time, Toyota sent me to their programs, and I became, of course, a Toyota Master Technician, and I'm still an ASC Master Technician. Did your parents say, hey, man, what are you doing? No, I, I really had support in that area. Um, none of my parents had any type of formal education. Uh, my dad kind of did what he could to get by and pay the bills. Um, you know, he was kind of a jack-of-all-trades, to say the least. You know, he always told me he could sell uh, ice cubes to an Eskimo. So, that so was, in general, they, they were supportive yeah. about your groove mm-hmm. and spirit on what you wanted to do. Jennifer, you talk about that. You think a lot of parents get in the way. We know. I've yeah. done focus groups with the young people, and I say, do you need help understanding what the industry and the you know, automotive is of the future? And they go, actually, no. We see it. We get it. We know the technology. We get it. Get my parents out of my way. They have the misunderstanding of, you know, that you have to go to a four-year. But, you know, we're talking, we always try and talk in the tech force strategy, and we built this future tech success campaign to start saying, here's literally what people need to start doing. Here's where you need to go. Here's what we need to do instead of just talk. And the reality is, is parents need to go and start to understand how their kid is wired. 
So we're we've created that. And, and we're we don't, launching as, that. I know as a parent, um, you know, I have a nine year old, my twenty two year old is ASU grad. Like we're continually learning on the fly. I don't care what anybody like you can't read a book and yeah. I'm gonna be a perfect parent. Techforcefoundation.org, a great resource. Parents, mom and dad, you're listening. Yeah. There is interest. And again, a lot of you are saying, okay, well, listen, we love the show. Uh, my, my kid's just not interested. They're, they're going on to a whole different thing. But what I'm saying is, in complimenting what Jennifer has stated, you really got to align the resources exist. The resources exist. So right. Tech Force Foundation. Yeah. Well, we're building it. It's going to launch on Jan- January 22nd of this year with our Be a Pathfinder campaign. And it's for parents. Be the pathfinder. Help pathfinder, your kids yeah. find the path that's right for them. And we're putting up a learning style quiz. So, you know, 10, 20 fast questions that help you understand if your kid is a visual, audible, or tactile learner. I mean, just that, knowing about how they learn best is a piece of it, just one piece, but it's a piece of information that's really helpful. And then we do a lot of video storytelling where you can really test drive the career of what would be an automotive mechanic be like because really parents want to know what's the compensation what's the stability i don't want my kid living in my basement i want him to be self-sufficient someday like answer those questions for me and then maybe i'll relax so when you can start to go somewhere a one-stop shop and find the information the real statistics one of the challenges in this industry is the entry-level pay is not that great and so people immediately even if they start, they're swept away by an extra dollar an hour in the wind turbine, and this industry loses them. What they haven't looked at that Tech Force has is the overall 10-year growth or the, you know, look into the future. You may start entry level, not so great, but what happens a year or a two-year? Or now you're a master tech like Cody was, and then you go on, and it's not a dead-end job. You're not once a tech, forever a tech. You are at heart in your skills, but you can go on throughout this industry to all kinds of jobs. The other thing the parents want to look at is how do they get debt free and have a good sufficient life, right? And we've got this research that starts to look at if you went, let's just say as Cody did to a UTI for one year and what's that cost as opposed to four years accumulating all the debt of a four-year university only to get out and end up being a barista because there's no jobs for you as an English major, you know, yada, yada. What happens in that trajectory over 10 years, you would be shocked. And that's the kind of information we need to arm parents with. And that's why we created techforcefoundation.org is a one-stop shop. We don't have all the answers, but we're collecting all the answers so that you could easily find them. Yeah. I mean, that's a pathway. I want to be a technician now after Jennifer's little <laughs> speech there. Jennifer, I want to be an automotive technician. All right. Well, let's clarify. Some of you are listening right now. By the way, Tony from New York uh, texted us, programs aren't in schools. Cody, I talked to my, my Southern California peeps out there, automotive industry types, and they one fellow told me that they went from 40-some-odd high schools to now two automotive uh, used to be able wow. to take automotive yeah. to eventually one to eventually zero. Why did this happen in, in, in the, in the curriculum building, mm-hmm. in the education set? Why, why did we take automotive out of high schools? 
I think it has to do with um, a lot of CTE programs too, Frank. I mean, you know, you see any- What is CT for listeners? CTE? So CTE is career and technical education. Gotcha. So like welding, uh, pipe fitting or plumbing, HVAC, automotive. I I think we're starting to see a lot of those CTE programs disappear. Um, And one of the reasons I feel that is like what Jennifer and what their movement is doing is, you know, educating the parents. The parents aren't pushing or not necessarily pushing, but they're not- um, they're, not they're not aware. Embracing, they're not aware. Yeah, they're not. They're not embracing their students and and their you know kind of their own um, their own aptitudes to go into some of those programs because they're thought of as an alternative job. Well, if you can't make it as a doctor or a lawyer, this is the alternative, and that's the furthest thing from the truth. And what I would like to, it's a new year. So Frank, if we were to close our eyes, light it up. If we light were to, it up. I'm going to get deep <laughs> for a second. If you were to close your eyes for one second, and Imagine tomorrow walking out to your driveway and not having a car to get to work, to go to your doctor's appointment, to take your kids to school. How challenging is your life going to be? I mean, the role of an automotive technician is so important. I mean, we keep people going. I mean, we, right. we keep, I mean, the car is, is your lifeline to and from work, to and from schools, to and from wherever you need to go. So HVAC guys, I'm sure right now it's only 30 degrees here in Arizona, so it's not that bad. But um, if you go back east and you have no heat, I mean, th- these are very, very important careers or very important roles. And um, I think all too many times, Frank, to get back to what you're saying is students don't have the they don't have that path. They're not being guided into um, into these specific areas. And I think that's why we're seeing some of these CT programs fall off at the wayside. They're thought of as a lesser program. Um, but the pendulum's swinging, and that there yeah. is a there's a bright spot occurring where your caller is exactly right. We did a really good job of kind of butchering anything that wasn't the core programs. And I mean, you could you know put math and I'm sorry, put uh, art class and music right in there. They yeah. all started disappearing. Yeah. And you know they with when the education departments have limited funding, they basically started to say we have to pick and choose. And here's what we think is the most critical and everything else is a nice to have. And yeah. automotive fell in there. So the reality is, is we pretty much killed the most of the automotive shop programs. Yeah. The ones that are still there, we say they're hanging on by a thread. Some of them are really, really great and in a really good position like Cody's program here at EBIT. Mm-hmm. But then, and there are others around the country, thank God. And then there's ones that are barely making it. So part of the strategy of fixing this is, yeah, we got to educate the parents. But Tech Force also said, we got to go in and stop letting all everybody struggle and figure it out by themselves. And if we wait for the government and the funding to try and figure it out and restart funding again, we're waiting a long time. Yeah, we are. So we as an industry have to step up. And so we've created a place now where industry can go online to TechForce foundation.org and say, I will donate a wheel balancer. I'll donate a lift. I'll donate oil, like whatever the products are. And we get them to Cody and the schools around the country because they're busy with their jobs. They don't need to be fundraisers and they don't always know the answers. There you so have we it. Need to help them. That is the challenge. And, and you're listening. Uh, many of you podcast maniacs, you're hanging out with us every week. We thank you. You own a garage. What are you doing right now? Are you hiring or are you mentoring? That's my challenge to you. You want to tune in. We're going to dive in deeper. Ranch Nation Car Talk. Stay tuned. Frank here with Ranch Nation. We appreciate you guys tuning in every week to the Ranch Nation Car Talk show. But did you guys know I'm not basket weaving? 
I don't do roofing. I actually own Desert Car Care of Chandler. Boy, and I've got a great team down there. If you've got car repair or maintenance needs, I invite you to stop by my garage over a cup of coffee. Maybe you've got that large estimate and you're not sure where to go. Give me a call, 480-726-6400, Desert Car Care of Chandler. This is Wrench Nation. Car talk, car culture, car tips, car music, all that is car. Well, all right, welcome back. Frank and Susie Sockets, along with Jennifer Maher, Tech Force Foundation, Cody Metcalf, automotive instructor, master technician. Look, we talked about it. We've mentioned it throughout the year, the shortage of automotive mechanics. Whether you're in the industry and realize it, or whether you're the individual that went into the dealer or garage and said, man, that car took a whole lot longer to fix. That is a dilemma. There is a shortage of automotive technicians. And look, we're not going to solve the world's problems with one show. But guaranteed, there is a movement. TechForceFoundation.org. Jennifer, the movement is strong. Um, give us some time now. You've got some backing uh, in the industry. You've done an incredible job. of, And it's beyond just knocking on doors. There has to be a common thread and a common need a common way to seek out these solutions. Talk about the industry response to Tech Force Foundation. Well, like you said, everybody is feeling the pain. So we went out, developed, took about a year and a half to develop this strategy. It's a three-prong approach. It's about helping parents to understand what the truth is and arm them with the, the data, the information. So it's that storytelling. We need to blow up the stigma of the grease monkey and start educating parents um, about the realities. That's one. Number two is bringing back the hands-on experiences because kids can't tinker anymore. The auto shops are dying on a vine. Like we need to fix, how do you get kids hands-on anymore so they can be excited about cars? And the third one was a collective voice. If I'm a parent, I don't know what SEMA is. I don't know all the acronyms and alphabet soup in this industry. ASC, what, yeah, all blah, this, blah, blah, yeah. Right? And so yeah. you're like, I just got to put on a parent hat and talk to them in a way that they can find all the resources in one-stop shop. So that if my kid looks like, oh, he'd be so happy at a Skills USA competition, but what is Skills USA? Don't assume people know. So the one-stop shop portal. So these three strategies come together under the Future Tech Success campaign. And the reality is you start to say that's what the strategy is. We went out and found national companies who are feeling this pain like a lot of the OEs themselves from a, a Nissan and a Ford and a General Motors and a Mercedes and all, you know, all of these. Snap-on. And, and in yeah, fact, here in our backyard, you mentioned uh, as a graduate of UTI, mm-hmm. Universal Technical Institute being right. a great Vaveline. supporter. I mean, you know, yeah. Shell Pennzoil. I mean, you think about everybody who has a reason in this industry to start helping us change this. And we got some real early seed money to start making it happen. But we on purpose said nobody can own this campaign. This is not about a bunch of deep pockets coming in and saying we're going to you know, flex our muscle. This has to be grassroots because it's the mom and pop independent shop that's feeling it and can make a difference with one job at a time, you know, all over the board. So everybody has to be able to participate. So we've built this system so that everybody can do something. Now we just need people to start doing it. Yeah, the system's I, there, and starting on January 22nd, like I said, we're going to launch that parent campaign. Come on, take the quizzes, start learning about your kids, get educated, and dapple into whether you can start getting your kid involved in programs and see whether they light up or not. Yeah, and, mean, if you're, and if you're in the industry, I don't care whether you donate 50 bucks, 
you donate a wheel balancer or you donate your time, time. or all three, amen, and you start getting involved in the lives of future techs, that's the do something. But stop sitting on the sidelines complaining because now we actually have an answer. Yeah, over $1.5 million in scholarships and grants that are awarded each year. Jennifer, you've made a lot of movement and change for many students. Uh, talk about currently, Jennifer, there are ways that you're recognizing uh, students in the capacity of automotive uh, technology and furthering their education. Talk about some of these scholarships that you're, you're offering uh, yeah. throughout. Yeah. Well, our research shows just in automotive alone that in 2019, the industry needs 77,000 new entrant technicians just to keep up with demand. 2019. Just that year alone. Wow. wow. So if you're looking for a job, and let's say you're out of high school right now, and you're in limbo, Jack in the box, nothing against my friend Jack in his box, but there is an opportunity right now. You have one of the greatest campuses in the country, automotive technology here at EVIT. Cody is in-house. You can call him, or if you're on the podcast, Come on down. give us your yeah. comments. Why wouldn't you entertain a position, a career, a lifestyle as an automotive technician? One of the things we battle in the garage, and we do a lot, Boy Scout clinics, Girl Scout clinics, Susie, we tie in parents every step of the way because we can teach youngsters something, mm -hmm. but when we can engage and as jennifer says enlighten parents Susie, talk to us about the clinics we crazily you do. know we have some great clinics but you know what i wanted to just touch on jennifer when i'm envisioning that poster where you have the grease monkey and then the four-year college on the other side what if we take an auto mechanic put a doctor's white coat on it because i see them as doctors of these vehicles they I mean they're they're a specialist Absolutely. I mean, again, it goes back down to um, the problem solving. Every, people sometimes have that misnomer. Oh, all they have to do now is plug it into a computer and it tells them what's wrong with the car. I'm like, okay, it's kind of like when you go to the doctor and they take all the labs and then they have to look at everything and start connecting the dots and trying to figure out what's really wrong with you. Same thing. It's not quite that simple. Dr. Metcalf Car is uh, standing <laughs> by. Car doctor. Uh, like do it. Dr. Metcalf. Uh, <laughs> You, I think and to tie into what Jennifer's saying, and I think um, our job, Frank, is actually a little bit tougher because as a doctor, I don't know if I should say this, but as a doctor, you get to bury your patient, right? If something goes wrong, as a mechanic or as a technician, the car comes back. We got to figure out what's wrong with it. We have to fix it. I always said throughout social media, uh, we do a little picture of a motor that's tore apart. It looks like spaghetti. <laughs> There's stuff all over the place. Uh, surgeons envy our mechanical arena, <laughs> you know? but we say that with respect. If you're tuning yes. in and you had any interest, I mean, we're not playing with erector sets anymore. I get it. The fact is there is an amazing, amazing career awaiting you. Listen, Mike Rowe, he says it. It's truth. It's fact. Jennifer Maher, Tech Force Foundation, truth, fact. Stop hiding the truth. Do you let yourself explore a world in the automotive career. I say get with TechForceFoundation.org and certainly come into my garage anytime. Real quick before we go, where can we find TechForce at Barrett-Jackson? Talk um, to us. We'll be out at Barrett-Jackson on the 12th through the 15th of January. 
Very good. And we'll post that up on uh, Facebook, Wrench Nation. We always appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, let's keep the conversation going for action, for change. Get on to WrenchNation.tv. Uh, we'd love your comments. And listen, if you're a garage owner, stop your sniveling. Stop your complaining. Stop your whining. Stop looking for a hire and mentor. There are a lot of youngsters that need the guidance. They want to do it. They really do. But we're not guiding. So there you have it, Wrench Nation. Appreciate you guys every week hanging out. Make sure you get on the podcast Sunday. Uh, we upload the iTunes, Google Play. We appreciate that. As I say every week, be safe. Hug each other and never forget to hug a mechanic. <laughs>